under a blanket. Hi everyone, welcome to another quarantine soda. I'm horrified. Hello friends, we're so glad to be back and, and so sad that we have to be back, but here we are. Here we are. I encourage everyone who uh, can to get under a blanket like I currently am. I'm cooking. Do I have one? I don't have one in this uh, room. Allison, can't believe you. Throw pillows everywhere, but nothing that's going <laughs> to serve me a functional purpose, unfortunately. Fair enough. Well, if you have a blanket, wrap it around you just because might as well be cozy. Yep, curl up under that duvet, the place I've been for most of the past month. Absolutely, Um, absolutely true. You know, my therapist says, as long as it doesn't become a problem. And I told her, isn't that your job to tell me when it becomes a problem? (laughs) But just, just... Maybe Maybe it's like pornography, like... Like, I can't give you a definition, Oh yeah, but I'll know it's a problem when I see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, when I start taking my meals in the, underneath the comforter, then maybe we're slipping more into that clinical depression area. But right now we're at that, like, good denial, treat yourself. Oh, yes, absolutely. Totally fine. Totally fine. I say as long as my partner's not eating lunch as I get out of bed, that's okay. Yeah, that's morning. I think that's still the morning. Yes. So, uh, what are we here to talk about today? Well, it's another Disney day, folks. It's part of Disney Fortnite. Very so today we're going to talk about who the evilest Disney villains are. The, the evilest. The which most may or may evil. not be a word. The most evil. The, the, the maximum evil of Disney villains. And the then we're also Disney. each going to take a moment... And get a little horned up and talk about who the sexiest Disney villains are. A quick little extra for you. Yeah. Read all about it. Absolutely. Um, but that's just going to be a little sexy side note. Maybe we should save both of our sexy side notes till the end. Till the end? Okay. okay. Well, well. So you do your evilist, I'll do my evilist, and then we will get nice and turned on. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just you out there, OnlyFans. We're here to help out, too. Um, So Sam, Mantha, Buntich. That's me. Who's the evilest? Who's your evilest villain? Yes, so I'm picking someone to talk about today who is not, you know, the most powerful and who doesn't have, like, the biggest plan for world domination, but who I really think is, like, the most insidious. Uh, And that is... Yes, thank you. That was a good vocab word. Uh, that is Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. So she is Cinderella's stepmom. Uh, that is a good one. She's a grade A cunt. She is a huge cunt, is the thing. Yeah, so, and I, I kind of forgot about it, and then we watched Cinderella not that long ago, Al. I don't know if you remember, we were, like, babysitting, and we yes, watched Cinderella. we were, we were babysitting, um the the son of one of our former guests well ago. Yes, we were. We were. Um and we watched Cinderella and it just like grinded my gears like how much of an awful human Lady Tremaine is to Cinderella. She fucking sucks. She's she fucking awful. Sucks. So for those who like are not initiated on Cinderella, like where have you been? But basically tells the story of Cinderella who's this like very nice young woman. And her father remarries when she's, like, pretty young to a woman, Lady Tremaine, who has two daughters. 
And at first it's like, great, we're going to be a little family. And then her father dies. So she's now being raised by her stepmother. Probably because um, oh, her stepmother killed the dad, is my guess. They don't even hint at that at all in the movie. No, but I, but that seems like yeah. the case. Who knows? Uh, but probably because she sucks. Um, but so she ends up being raised by Lady Tremaine and her two daughters. Um, and they like force her to live in the attic. They treat her like their maid. They make her do all the housework in the house because like technically Lady Tremaine was the person who inherited all of the money from her dead dad. So like Cinderella has nothing and she just has to be totally subservient to these people while like dreaming of a different life and getting like totally stepped on every day. They're like comically mean to her. They really are. And I mean, it's a Disney movie, so it makes sense that it's like a little inflated. But I think like the really frustrating thing is like, it's not that inflated. Like you, there are like toxic families in the world. You know what I mean? And Lady Tremaine mm-hmm. and the stepsisters are like the the prime example of like, we like to say that like blood is thicker than water and family is like, can be so awesome and so important to people. But like, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they drag you right down. And it's like so frustrating to see poor Cinderella who is doing her best all the time, just like trying to get by, be consistently like pushed down by this person who should be like there for her and should be sympathetic towards her. Yeah, she's just like like, endlessly shat on the whole movie. (laughs) It sucks. Exactly. And who helped raise her? Like I was talking um, last episode about Timon and Pumbaa adopting Simba as a cub and like raising him and loving him. She does the opposite of that. Like she is raising a child and has like no love or no sympathy for this child. Yeah, and like open contempt for her. And it fucking sucks. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, it'd be easy to be like, Maleficent's the most evil because she can turn into a dragon. Like, that's bad. I'm bored. (laughs) Yes, and what? (laughs) Yeah, but I think when we talk about Disney movies, and you were talking about this in the last episode, Al, like, we kind of talk about, they're four kids, right, as much as we like to talk about them. So the important thing to kind of take from them are what are lessons that children can learn from these movies, And I think, like, the example of Lady Tremaine being, like, someone in a position of authority who should be taking care of Cinderella but isn't, and Cinderella ultimately has to, like, in in her own way, and, like, she's not the best example of this, but she fights for what she wants. She goes to the ball, she gets out of her, like, locked attic room with the help of her little mice friends. Like, she has to rebel against this person who's supposed to have her best interest at heart, but we all know doesn't in order to get her happy ending. And I think that's a really important lesson for some kids to learn of like, you know, you have to be able to do your best. You have to stay nice. You have to stay kind, but you can't always just, you know, be resigned to people treating you poorly sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And also like your situation now isn't going to be your situation forever. Yes. A hundred. And you know, ultimately goodness wins. And I really believe that. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes bad people don't get their comeuppance, but they don't, they don't get to lead the life that you get to lead if you live by your values and and with kindness in your heart. They will never get the joy that you get. Absolutely. So that's why Lady Tremaine is my pick. And then um, her stepsisters also like deeply suck, but I have more sympathy for them because A, they've been raised by this like very shitty mother so that's not great 
and B, at least one of them gets a redemption arc in the sequels. Maybe both of them do. <laughs> yep, I remember that. I like that, uh, like, off-brand sequel. Yes. I think it's uh, Anastasia, like, ends up with, like, a, a boyfriend who's a baker. And, like... What's the other one? Drizella. 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 Grizabella. Nope, we had this issue last time. You're mixing me yeah. up. Anastasia and Grizabella the Glamour Cat. <laughs> <laughs> no. There is a cat in this, but his name is Lucifer, which is hilarious. Oh, uh, what a great character. <laughs> Maybe he's the Disney villain, Lucifer. Honestly, he's a stone-cold cunt, too. Um, he, is. he tries to eat Jack-Jack and Gus-Gus so many times. They're yeah. might for reference. Very excited for the two of us to Disney bound as Jack, Jack and Gus Gus. When yeah. We I, I think it's really going to match our aesthetic. That's the plan. I mean, the one tragedy is like, we have a Disney trip planned together with the two of our other friends and we could, we could film clips. We could put outfits up there for you. We can take you on the whole journey with us. If the world, um, comes back to being a world again yeah if disney world i know a lot of people are suffering i know there's a lot of hardship but i do think that we can all agree that that is kind of the biggest thing at stake here right yeah Yeah, the content that we would produce disney world yeah our slutty disney bound as jack jack and gus gus like yes like you know talk about the solution being worse than the cure or no the cure being worse than the problem problem sickness yeah <laughs> stop talking <laughs> you want to hear about my evilest disney villain i really do tell me about I'm it sure you do um i went on the same exact path as you sam i i also think that i'm kind of going from that psychological perspective of it's not just about who can turn into the biggest dragon all right yeah. Because that's Maleficent. Maleficent's kind of droll sometimes. <laughs> that's why Angelina Jolie had to come in and spice her up. What am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. I love Sleeping Beauty. Um, Sleeping Beauty herself is a fucking snore, but whatever. I don't have time for that. My evilest villain pick is Claude Frollo. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, indeed. So, like, Disney princesses touch and go. Disney storylines, narratives, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But the one thing that I insist that Disney does consistently well across the board is villains. Mm -hmm. I think villains are like, there's so many amazing villains and so few of them to me are flops. Like I just think so, they're just such wonderfully done characters. And I also think that oftentimes in Disney movies, the villain can tell you so much more about the message of the story than the protagonist can Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. and like nowhere is that opinion brought more to the forefront than what I in what I consider to be the most underrated of the Disney Renaissance films, besides Rescuers Down Under, which I think is technically a Disney Renaissance film, um, than Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hunchback of Notre Dame, I've always fucking loved Hunchback of Notre Dame. Nobody talks about it. We don't yeah. talk about it. Why don't we talk about it, Sam? It's kind of a weird one. Yes, it's very weird. It's very- <laughs> Just to tell you what I think is the answer. It's really fucking dark and and there's parts of it that are rapey and I just like, yes, I get it. But I just compliments the blackness of my soul. I was a weird kid. But it's just so good to me. Like the animation's wonderful. The score is excellent. Tom Hulse 
fucking joy in the lead role. His voice is amazing. Esmeralda is problematic, but she's also like in, very much in charge of her own destiny as a character. She has a lot of impact on the plot, which is not always the case for female characters in Disney movies. But I think one of the best crafted elements of Hunchback is Frollo. I think he's one of the most excellently done characters in Disneydom. Yeah. Say it. So originally in the Victor Hugo novel, um, Frollo was like, not a priest, but like a member of the clergy. He was like a deacon or something. And I think when he went to like make the stage adaptation, because Victor Hugo wrote the play also for um, Hunchback and they were like, we can't have a member of the church be this rapey. You have to make him something else. So in the Disney version, he's um, technically the minister of justice. That doesn't, I don't think that's a thing, but he's very religiously fanatical still. And he focuses a lot on ethnic purity and class distinctions. And he fucking sucks, obviously, mm -hmm. because of all those reasons. He's yeah. very bigoted and mean. If you haven't seen Hunchback of Notre Dame, what are you doing? What are you doing with your time? I don't understand. Um, it's just, it's fucking crazy. You'll, you'll be watching it and you'll be like, I can't believe they made this <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, I can't believe they made this movie. Who signed off on this? Who wanted that? Whatever. But his story arc goes something like this. So he hates the Romani people who are in Paris, who are in his mind, like infesting the city. They're a blight on his society. But he's also super obsessed with Esmeralda, who's like the sexy, beautiful Romani woman. Um, he chose to raise Quasimodo out of guilt, but continues to emotionally abuse him and undermine his self-worth because of his appearance. And he is uh, deformed as, that's Frollo's words, not mine, and insists that like society hates things that are different because he hates things that are different. Um, and difference is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And in the novel, he's very suspicious and hateful with women. Like his misogyny is like more at the forefront. It's definitely at the forefront in this film, but it's more the forefront of the novel. And he like is like scared of women. Like they're all out to just like trick him with their magical vaginas, which not all of us. No, not every day. Um, and so he has this like fascination and disgust with women he considers promiscuous, mm -hmm. which is all of them, I think. Everyone, yeah. He sucks. Um, so Esmeralda's kind of like the embodiment of his fucked up attitude about women and how he wants to, like he hates the object of his desire, which is a common shitty people thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in the end, he basically tells Esmeralda like, you can be with me or I'm gonna burn you alive. And she's like, literally go fuck yourself. Spits in his face. Um, and then he tries to murder her. Quasimodo saves her. He dies in an ocean of fire. Good. The end. So in the middle of this <laughs> is we're going to talk about his song. In the uh, middle of this, <laughs> he has the boldest musical choice made by the Disney Animation Studios Corporation. Um, a song called Hellfire, which I, it's so bold. <laughs> it's 
it's so great. And again, it's it's one of those moments during Hunchback where you're like, I cannot believe they made this. Like, I cannot believe. So true. They laid tracks down and recorded this. It, it boggles the mind. But so the song is all about how he's struggling to obey God's will due to his uncontrollable lust for Esmeralda. He prays for strength to fight against her witchcraft and ultimately comes to the conclusion that she will be mine or she will burn. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lifted lyric. <laughs> so what this comes down to is that like, the, it, the song's fucking crazy and you're just watching it. It's actually, it's also, um, it, the song's fire, literally, literally and figuratively. It's like, whoa, like I like listening to it because it's, it's crazy. But this sort of, what, what this whole character arc tells me about him is that he is a character who is ruled entirely by fear and his evil is the product of his fear. He's not just evil. Like Maleficent's just evil. Like she shows up and you're like, that bitch is evil. Yep. He is. That's part of her deal. But his evil is rooted in his need for control through fear. So his fear of the unknown and people who are different from him, obviously. But, like, he's more fanatically afraid of, like, God and hell and, like, the knowledge that he is as wicked as he would have everyone else believe they are. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, what do angry racist white men do when they're scared of something? They try to control it, they try to overpower it, or they try to destroy it. And we see this manifest across his, like, all of his decision-making all like everything he does every choice that he makes culminating with him hallucinating seeing the face of satan when he's like in this fight with quasimodo at the end he thinks he sees like satan coming to attack him and he's so scared that he like falls to his death and mm -hmm. it's it's his fear is his literal downfall there you go he falls down he falls right down into a pit of fire into the pit of exactly which is the thing i'm afraid of so it's like symbol fire good movie i don't know what to say i know it's weird but it's really good so, yeah, I think that's, like, the source of his evil is so convincing and lifelike. And I think it's the most real evil that Disney's ever, like, imbued into a character, at least so far, in my opinion. Um, and it works because it's real. Like, it, it, it's arresting because it's real. And deep down, we understand his motivation for hatred and destruction. And that makes him all the more believable. Um, and I'm trying to think of other Disney characters that I feel like do this, like other Disney villains that do this. I feel like we've been talking a lot about, uh, Moana lately, but I will say that, like, although she is kind of revealed to not be a villain, to, to Fiti, who is, like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the antagonist for a lot of it, like, we later find out that she is, like, a person who has been kind of traumatized by this thing that happened to her, and so, like, yeah. And so she is, like, acting out because she is, like, unable to deal with this, like, trauma. And it's only when, like, Moana is able to approach her, like, as a friend yes. and, like, really care about her that she's able to heal. I think that is a very interesting Disney villain portrayal. It's true. And I think the other thing is she's not necessarily inflicting it on others. Mm -hmm. She is the earth and so she's inflicting it on herself yeah and it's if you get too close through these communities who are affected by it but like in reality she like through being violated she inflicts all this pain on herself and she doesn't know how to be free of it and 
it's beautiful at the end because it's like you she can find healing through being understood by uh, you know her community through yeah. moana through moana i'm gonna cry I'm fucking good you guys um but yeah i think you're absolutely right it's rooted in um what we understand to be true about pain and fear um and i, I don't have any fun facts like i did last episode um, but I do have a yikes fact about Frollo, which is that the filmmakers took direct inspiration for Frollo from, uh, have you seen Schindler's List? Yes, but not for a while. So there's, Ray Fiennes is very famous for his portrayal of Amon Goth, who is like an infamous Nazi commander. And they're like, yeah, he was the inspiration. And I was like, oh, okay. This is a okay. different, right? <laughs> but it would like, it works. It's very, yeah, it works. He dies at the end. It's all fine. Good, good, great. Um, so that's mine. So I think we picked two good ones. Yeah, I think we were very much in the same mind of like what's important in a Disney villain, which is fun. Absolutely. Always love when we're very simpatico. Always. Always, boo. Speaking of simpat- simpatico, um, it's time to turn up the heat. Time to get a little horny. And time to get a little horny. Um, Sam, who is your sexiest Disney villain? I mean, I think it's really obvious. The sexiest Disney villain is Chernabog from Fantasia. Wait, who? What? <laughs> I, I won't be accepting questions at this point. I have to look him up. Please look up Chernabog uh, from Fantasia. So um, I'm going to just read a little bit about him. So he's a big... Uh, no, the one devil. who looks like the, um, the guy from Lord of the Rings who's like, <laughs> you shall not pass. What are you doing? Giant dark uh, being with giant wings and very sculpted abs. Um, and he is in Night on Bald Mountain, which is like the famous scariest scene from, uh, from Fantasia. Uh, and he takes people's hearts and he holds power over restless souls. Uh, and he's based on the Slavic uh, deity Cher- Chernabog, who is, uh, it's Slavic for black god. But he's just like a spooky representation of night and Satan and badness. Um, and he basically, like, in the context of Night on Bald Mountain, he just, like, raises a bunch of ghosts and monsters. He's very spooky. But he's also, like, kind of mysterious and kind of, like, has all this power and these, like, very defined, like, ab muscles. And then um, at the end of it, he has to go away because it's daytime. But so, uh, again, I, I don't, I'm not going to accept man, honestly. Uh, what I liked about him is that he's, um, like, the strong, silent type. Like, he doesn't say anything. He's all about action. Mm-hmm. Um, I I liked that he he's going to do what he wants to do. He is someone with a lot of, like, power, which is very sexy. Um, but then at the daytime, he's going to go away, which I think is important. Yeah. Wow, I learned a lot about you from this one choice that you've made. Yeah, it's got to be Chernabog. There's no other option. <laughs> no contest. <laughs> that is disturbing um, I went through so I went through a whole list of all the Disney like villains kind of like you're like no, no all out no, no. and I was like it's got to be Chernabog and then I went to um my partner who was working and I said stop what you're doing I need you to look through look at all the Disney villains with me and tell me who's the sexiest um and he was like well the obvious answer would be Gaston but his personality is a lot I was yeah, like yeah. yes absolutely I agree and he's clicking through, and I'm like, I was kind of thinking Chernabog, and he looks, 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 and he goes, it's got to be Chernabog. And I yeah. was like, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Hello. 
I didn't even consider him. I, I haven't thought about Fantasia in a hundred years. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was very simple. Yeah, uh, for me, immediate. Mine was also immediate. Yeah. I went a little more classic um, <laughs> in my choice of, like... You can't get more classic than Fantasia, Allison. Person. Um, or maybe not. I don't know his deal. I, I think Dr. Facilier. Easy. Easy. Yeah, and is. I'll tell you why. He has a silky, sultry voice. Yeah. He's the sexiest voice, I think, of any Disney villain. Yes. Um, he has excellent taste in hats. Mm-hmm. Very he sexy. He dress himself. I think that's hot. He can put a vest outfit together. Absolutely. I can't do that. I can't. Um, he has a potent bisexual energy. Mm. Like a lot of excellent queer energy. Love that. Yep. Love that for me. And he's into um, freaky shit. I don't have another way to say that. Yeah, no, he is. He is. I respect that. <laughs> he's going to show you a good time. You might die at the end of it, but you're going to have a good time. But I, I would argue you can say the same exact thing about Chernabog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you might not make it out of there, but... What there. a time it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think we've done a lot of good work here today. Yeah, I think we've really done, we've done the work. We've really put in the effort. Who in the Disney canon do you think is the sexiest villain? Tell us in the comments on Twitter. Write to us at imhorrifiedpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know. We must know. We want to know. You want another thing that I don't want is, do you remember years ago we found a Tumblr that was all like sexual fantasies about Disney characters? Yes. At first, I think we thought it was funny. Like, I think we thought, like, oh, this is going to be so funny. And then we started reading them, and we were, like, sick to our stomachs. It was so, so descriptive. Yeah. I can't un- I can't unread some of the things that we read on that Tumblr site. Yeah, that was, that was a lot. Yeah. So quick, who's your sexiest Disney hero off the top of your head? First thought. First thought, Hercules. First thought, Hercules, because of his strong himbo energy. Second thought, Milo Fatch from, what's it called? Atlanta. Mm. I love that you can do more in line with my current life. (laughs) Yes. In a sexy, nerdy, well-read kind of way. Yes. But in like the, um, who's going to bang it out best? I'm going to say Hercules. Because he's still a nice guy, so we'll think about your needs. A himbo. He's a himbo. Exactly. Um, (laughs) That's Thanks. what I want from my Disney princes. Yeah, I don't want to marry him. No. But... Fuck, mm-hmm. Mary kill, Hercules, Milo, Thatch, Chernabog. I mean, fuck Chernabog, and then if I live, kill <laughs> <laughs> Hercules, because I can't kill him, because he's already a god. That's true, he's Spoiler. fine. He's going to be fine. Um, What's your sexiest hero? I think it's got to be Hercules because I, I love him. Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. I love the fit and stupid man. That's one of my favorite yeah. genres yeah. of men. For sure. He's like a big Channing Tatum style. Yes. Idiot. We Absolutely. love that. I love that for me. Yeah. Yeah. We've done great work here today. Yeah, <laughs> I think we have. You <laughs> tweeted us with your thoughts on anything we've said in this podcast. Yeah, I'm sad to see Disney Fortnite come to an end, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll be back with some content for you. Definitely. Uh, love you. We hope we hope you're making the best of your situation. We hope we just hope you're you're well. So be well. Be well. Bye guys. Bye.